0: Welcome to this week's episode of the good, the bad, and the yummy. Here we go. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey guys, welcome back. Yep, that's right. It's this week's The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy, where I share one thing I'm loving, one thing I'm not, and then a stupid, easy, clean eating recipe. The recipe's not stupid, it's stupid easy. That's how I roll. Okay. This week's The Good, I wanna talk about thermography. It is a procedure that I've talked about before and I'll link to that if you don't know what I'm talking about, but I want to talk to you a little bit more about it because it's that time of year for me where I'm going back to do my annual thermography appointment. Okay, what does that mean? So thermography is non-invasive. It's an imaging procedure and it illustrates heat patterns in the body. So the end result when you have thermography done is a picture of the body, a heat map where the cool parts of the body are cool and the hot parts of the body are hot. And they actually cool your body down right before they take what essentially is a photograph with their special camera. but that's what it is. That's all your experiences. So they cool your body way, way down. And then when they take the thermal image, the spots that are hot show up in stark contrast to the rest of the body. So I've had this done. I've had my head thermal imaged and I saw a hot spot where I had a root canal. Again, that's the context in which we talked about this previously. So I'll share that episode with you. But my root canal spot showed up as a flaming hot spot in my mouth. And that's how I knew I had to have something done. So that was fabulous. It's also used to diagnose other ailments and other injuries, but I want to talk to you about thermography as a tool to add to your personal wellness kit if you happen to have breasts or if you have boobs in your life that you care about. So this is for everybody. (laughs) All right, more details on what thermography is. It's the science of taking images of the thermal energy of your body and using that information to reveal or detect abnormalities Like I spoke about. So, the theory behind thermal imaging, which is also sometimes called digital infrared thermal imaging, is that normal and abnormal tissues have very different heat signatures. So, a thermal image, when it's read by someone who knows what they're doing, all right, it might reveal the infrared evidence of a potential or an actual health issue that may not yet be detectable. Those are the magic words that may not yet be detectable by other means, such as x ray. CAT scan or MRI. Okay, so some people say, oh, you do thermography instead of a mammogram Um, in this case. And I actually do thermography just far more often than I do mammograms. But today's show is not about mammograms. Um, I just want to share with you that this technology exists, that it's non invasive, that it's non radiating, and it's just as simple as having your body cooled down, having an image taken, and then looking for abnormalities. So One way this can be really, really helpful if you do it consistently for example I do it annually as I said it can track changes so once you have a baseline thermal reading the subsequent thermograms will reveal temperature deviations over time so that actually can help you see what might be changing or not so when I went and this is not medical information that I'm about to share with you this is a lay person's reciting of her own experience so do not I'm not quoting my physician here or the thermographer but when I went they were telling me that when tumors form in the breast you know they can't live unless they have a blood source and so they look for veins growing and developing into your breast that are sometimes indicators that a tumor is present or starting to form and especially if you're tracking these images over time you can see vein activity now Without going into an abundance of detail, because you know I keep these episodes short, I'll tell you that there has been a link by some researchers between root canals and breast tumors, and so that actually is how I learned of thermography. It all came through my dental health journey, and I went and found that hot spot because of my root canal, and I had some vascular activity forming. When I got the hot spot cleaned out and treated, and it's never fixed, once you have a root canal, it's never fixed. Fixed. But when I had that hot spot treated, then the next time I went back a year later for my thermography appointment, the vascular activity had greatly receded. So I had far less vascular activity developing toward my left boob that was crazy powerful testimony to me that was my own experience but it was such an easy easy experience and i just don't think that people know that this exists and the fact that i had it in my market means it's probably in so many other markets that people just aren't aware of in fact When I was doing my research to share this with you guys, studies show that an abnormal infrared image is one of the most important indicators of high risk for developing breast cancer. And again, this is not a case as to whether, this is not an either or conversation about this in mammogram. This is an and conversation. This is something that complements a woman's personal health toolkit and something that I really just want you to know about. So I'm going to explain a little bit more about how it works. Here's the deal, thermography has an ability to map the individual thermal fingerprint of a woman's breast. So any change in this map over the course of months and years can signal an early indication of possible tumors or other abnormalities. As I said before, the vascular activity, the new blood vessel formation is necessary to sustain the growth of a tumor. So breast thermography may be the first signal that such a possibility is developing. So this is just, again, something that you can start doing as a young adult and track over time. It's not expensive. It is almost always out of pocket. I don't know any case in which this would be covered by health insurance, at least in the States, but it's worth it. Um, It's not that expensive and it is just just utterly painless. Uh, You get a little bit chilly, and it took me from start to finish maybe 15 minutes. As always, I'm not going to create a lengthy episode on this topic alone. That's not what the good, the bad, and the yummy is all about, but you know that if this has piqued your interest, you can just click on the show notes right there, open the full show description, and click on the show notes right there, and I will link you to studies and to details, and you can look into this more on your own. Let's talk about this week's bad we're talking about splenda you know the little yellow packets and i'm probably not supposed to mention them by name since i'm about to nail them but it's called splenda splenda it's called splenda i'm not afraid nothing but the facts here these little yellow packets that are supposedly better than sugar uh they're supposed to be natural they're marketed as more natural uh no Well, Splenda is actually just a commercial name. It's a brand that was made up. And it's a commercial name for a chemical called sucralose. And the manufacturers that advertise Splenda and market it, they they basically are marketing it as being more, quote, natural than other sweeteners, you know, when it's compared to aspartame, for example. It's a little bit misleading, okay, because (laughs) it started out uh, as something relatively natural. It came from sugar, actually. Sucralose is produced... It's complicated, but the short version is it's chlorinated sugar. It's a chlorocarbon. It's a chemically altered molecule. The end result is... chemical sucralose now sucralose was actually discovered by uk scientists uk researchers in the 70s as they were trying to develop a pesticide now you may have heard this this is not folklore this is actually true for some reason or another somebody discovered that it was really really sweet to taste now what they were doing taste testing the pesticide whether that happened on purpose or by accident I do not know. However, somebody uh, discovered in fact that it was very, very sweet and thus eventually sucralose was born as an artificial sweetener. Now, the reason this story came up is because I had read that you can use it as a pesticide and I have a family member who shall not be named who has Splenda every single day. And when they come to my house, said person brings packets of Splenda because for some reason they're aware that they will not find this in my house. So they do this every time they come. And now I have like this complete survivalist storage of Splenda in my home, which is misleading at best when people come over, whatever it's there. So I am. It's springtime as I record this, and the ants have come marching in. So it is all nasty up in my kitchen when I leave all my doors open. I leave my windows open, and I love it. Wouldn't change it for the world, but the ants just come marching in, and they love it. They're like, it's spring. Let's go eat at Ella's house. And so I took some packets of Splenda, and I lined the seam of the door and the wall and the little place where they're climbing up to my counter. And about two days later, no more ants. I don't want to focus on what happens to the ants, but they aren't here anymore. So the Splenda was a very, very effective pesticide for me. (laughs) I had heard that before, but I didn't know if it was true. It's true. It works really, really well. So don't go buy any because we don't need to support the Splenda habit. But should you pick up a packet from your local coffee shop, I'm sure that nobody will mind. All right. So what's my beef with Splenda? Okay. Okay. All right. Just like I said before, I won't go deep, deep, deep into the science. I will just provide links for those of you who care. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. That is to say that sucralose accumulates very slowly and with habitual use. So a dose here or there, you know, a quest bar here and there is not going to sink the ship. But if you consume Splenda, you know, the same diet drink, the same uh, protein bar that you think is healthy, the same ice cream, the same source of Splenda or many sources of Splenda or sucralose over time, it accumulates in the body. So one study showed that with moderate consumption, 96.7 of sucralose leaves your body. Now, I'm not super thrilled about the 3.3% that stays, but 96.7 of it leaves your body. But when you consume it frequently, the percentage falls to below 93%. So that means means more than 7% stays in your body. That means that chlorine, this chlorinated sugar, chlorine is being stored in other areas of your body. You know, it didn't just vanish. So if it either leaves the body or it stays in your body and and when it stays in your body, it's being stored in areas of your body, which at some level is creating toxicity in the body. So a lot of people say, well, if it's so dangerous, then why is it okay to sell it? And why is the FDA okay with it? Well, don't even get me started, but The FDA approves a lot of things that are later pulled off the market, including artificial sweeteners, but also they approve a lot of things. And the people who manufacture these things invest a great deal in studies to prove that they are safe. All right. Now, I'm not going to get into a big, huge debate here. I just want to share with you what some studies say. Some people argue that sucralose causes damage to the liver and kidneys when it's allowed to build up. Some claim that it contributes to an addiction for overly sweet foods and drinks, In fact, that it does the exact opposite of what it's meant to do as an artificial sweetener. Others say that it is linked to leukemia in my studies, and the FDA says you can't use mice as an effective determinant as to whether Splenda is dangerous or not because mice and humans are very different. Well, that's brilliant. It's, there's, some, there's some truth in that, but what's hilarious is the FDA points to over 100 studies that claim sucralose is safe. Guess what those studies used? That's right, the same mice. Well, different mice, but mice. I could go on human and rodent studies demonstrate that sucralose may alter glucose, insulin, and peptide 1 levels. That means it can mess with all kinds of systems, but bottom line and the one that we care about a lot, frankly, is that it can actually create weight gain instead of contributing in the way that it's marketed to contribute to weight loss. Finally, the last study I wanna share with you or the last little factoid I wanna share with you is that about 10 years ago, Duke University found that Splenda alters the intestinal flora because it destroys beneficial bacteria. And a lot of people report improved gut health when they go off of Splenda. All right, I'll link to these studies, including one done by the Mayo Clinic, and I'll link to other articles about Splenda that actually cite the facts instead of just internet hysteria. So that is my report on Splenda. Excellent, excellent ant killer. Way to go, Splenda. Okay, are you ready for the yummy? This is the easiest thing to do in the world and frankly I think it makes you look like a nouveau chef this requires one real ingredient the rest are oils and spices and that is romaine and romaine is really actually romaine hearts but you know what I'm talking about romaine hearts that are still joined at the bottom okay (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that's not how people who know food talk about food, but there it is. Okay, picture romaine hearts that you buy in a bag where you buy the three together or you get them from your farmer's market and they are preferably organic because you know lettuces are sprayed to death with pesticides. So grab yourself some organic romaine hearts and slice them in half lengthwise so they're still joined at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm about to get really technical, so buckle up. All right, that's all you need. So wash that stuff, pat it dry, whatever. That is about the amount of labor that goes into this dish. We're gonna grill that romaine, and it is so good. I was so surprised by this. So I'm gonna tell you the slightly fancier version, which takes about three minutes, and then I'm going to tell you the real life version, which takes about 30 seconds. The nice version that you might present to others, if you're having others over, something of that nature, is you would rinse them, cut them in half, as I said, and then you would mix together some oil with the herbs and salt and pepper of your choice, all right? So a little Himalayan salt, some cracked pepper, and then whatever herb sounded good to you, mix that in some oil, like some avocado oil, coconut oil, you know the drill, all right? And then you just cover that romaine, you paint it on there, and you cover the romaine in the oil and the herb mixture. And then you slap that baby on a grill or a grill pan, all right? And you just grill it for one to two minutes until it makes these beautiful brown marks on it, until the consistency or the crispness has gone away and it looks like it's been fully cooked. This does not take a trained eye, I promise you. You pull that thing off and you make it as the basis for a dish. You replace a salad with it. You put a piece of meat on top of it. You put whatever, a heap of veggies or some quinoa mixed up with veggies, whatever you want. You lay that beautifully grilled piece of romaine on your plate. It is inventive. It looks like you know what you're doing and it is just as promised stupid easy. Now let me tell you how I dumb it down even more. And I'm not even sure I'm recommending this, but I'm telling the truth. I don't cut them in half because I only just read that that's a smart thing to do. I think I'll do that from now on. I take that whole baby out of the bag. <laughs> the whole thing of romaine out of the bag. I rinse it off. I spray it with coconut oil spray from Trader Joe's. And then I put salt and pepper all over it. And then I've been known To throw it on a George Foreman grill and shut the lid. (laughs) And I would do it on the grill, but the grill's like, you know, if the grill's not running, what am I doing? I'm not going to go light the grill to grill myself some romaine. Let's be serious. Start where you are. Use what you have. So then I take it out after it's been very obviously grilled and it has lovely brown marks on it and it looks like it's been cooked all the way through. And then I put a little gorgonzola cheese on top of it and I will straight up eat that plain. Again, if I have something yummy, tuna salad or a veggie salad or some sort of quinoa mix, if I have something like that to put on top of it, then great. But I'm just trying to tell you that I can have something that is filling, something that is crisp crazy easy, and I can be done in under three minutes. So that's what I'm talking about. All right, there you go. Grilled romaine. I will post the recipe, if you can even call it that, and I don't think you can. I will post the directions with this post so that you have them at your fingertips. Grilled romaine. Try it. Let me know what you think. All right, that's it, you guys. That's this week's The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy. You know I love to hear from you. If you have suggestions for any of the three categories, please send them my way. You know the criteria. I love stupid easy recipes. You guys, the fewer the ingredients, the better. The less time you spend on it, the better. Health can be simple. Health can be easy. That's it. Go enjoy your day. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.